so we're in the midst of a four game win streak here and i'm gonna be that guy and i'm gonna ask the annoying question are they peaking at the wrong time we're about three weeks out from the postseason are they are they peaking at the wrong time like do you buy into that because that's a narrative that's spun in not just hockey but every other sport it's like getting hot at the right time or peaking too early like are you someone who like firmly believes in that um i think i mean as we've seen uh with this team all year it is it's an ebb and a flow and i think right now you know after uh the the brutal loss last saturday in montreal they turn it around and and reeled off four pretty nice wins like i know sheldon keith wasn't too happy with the overall performance in philly but Still, they still came back and beat a bad team, which which they should do. And I want to say I'm, I'm slightly worried about it, but they're also not entirely healthy. So if they had the full their full healthy lineup in and they were playing like this, then I'd be a little more worried about it. But like Campbell's just coming back. Yeah, like they haven't really had a solid goalie through this run. Like no. Razik played all right, then he got hurt. Um, I know Shalgren's played well, but do I really trust the guy on every think, shot like no all no. due respect all due respect to to eric shalgren who's played very well mm-hmm. i think the the i think we know eric shalgren is not going to take this team to the promised land no i think what's happening with this team in terms of it's it's not the top players peaking because if you look at marner and matthews since they've come back from that covid break all the way back in january february they've been peaking at they've stayed peaking mitch like marner still in particular like, yeah i i don't know the numbers for sure but if you look at marner's numbers from when he started getting going to now the amount of points he has like if you check the points per game like he's got to be right at the top yep like it's unbelievable and matthews too and i think the way they're peaking right now though is their special teams is peaking right now as well they kind of went down their penalty kill is arguably the most dangerous penalty kill in the history of the game in terms of threatening for offense and their power play is going again and their depth players are scoring. Yes. Like that's, that's where they're peaking. You hope that the depth players who are contributing right now can, can keep going with this and this not just be a little peak for them. And then the playoffs start and all of a sudden they're not gaining any offense, but it's almost a, I hope they can keep it going where everyone's uplifted by, the way they're playing right now and these role players, these guys on the second and third line can continue to create offense for this team. That that's all the difference in the world. Well, and and we said that last week about, you know, as we head into the first round, like what is it that's gonna put this team over the top and get them over that hump? And it's consistent goaltending and it's it's the superstars playing like superstars, but it's also like if they can get these types of performances out of a guy like Pierre Ingvall in the first round, it's going to make all the difference in the world. And he's just like, he's turned himself into a hockey player. Yeah. Like, man. I know. I know. Him and McKayev play really ripping number. him a year ago. Yeah. Saying how he sucks, how he's no good. He's got a long neck. He skates weird. And now he's just a, a machine out there. Yeah. Him and McKayev have developed a really nice, uh, yeah, chemistry together. I think ever since Giordano's come in here, and I'm not going to be like, oh, a veteran presence comes in the room and fixes everything, but I just think that ever since Giordano got here, even though he's not necessarily a tough guy himself, I see, maybe I'm in the minor- minority in this, but I see a lot more pushback yeah. physically from this team. 
They're starting to throw more hits. They're starting to bat a little bit more. They're starting to throw more shoves in front of both nets. I, I mean, that's what's getting me most excited. I'm starting to see kind of an FU attitude come out of this team a little bit more. And then the other night where they had Clifford Simmons on the fourth line, they were just bulldozing yeah. dudes all over the ice. Wayne Simmons is a guy who I think knows that he hasn't played his best hockey this year. And with them picking up Colin Blackwell. Yeah, that fourth line's clogged. Yes, with them picking up Colin Blackwell, that's that's Wayne Simmons' spot. Yeah. And they had that rookie playing. Yep, I was like, easy. Yeah, like they just, they're, they're clogging up. But man, I just. I thought he looked okay. Like, I I, I mean, he's, he's a rookie playing his first game and he's in a fourth line scenario. So how much can you really take away for that? I, I mean, I don't want to be this guy. And. But by um, all accounts of people who are way smarter than me and w- have watched way more Nick Abrazizi than I have, the, they're really excited about him. So great. But I think like it's another like five, nine small yeah, oh, yeah. hockey player. And yeah. it's Kyle Dubas. Same with Colin Black. Kyle Dubas loves his like five. And like, I'm mm. a short guy. I'm uh, I should be. I'm not very tall either. I'm so like yeah. you and I should be praising. I mean, I'm a bit of a 40 30. I'm yeah. like, I'm like 5 10, 2 30, yeah. but I'm not really tall either. But yeah, it's just another, like, I saw him uh, join the team for practice last week and he's skating around out there and he just looks so small. And I think yeah. that's one of, not not to get sidetracked here on this, but uh, that's one of the reasons why I think everyone looks at like a Matthew Nyes with like, and their eyes light up because he's 6 3. And mm-hmm. it's like, my God, we haven't had a, like, that is not the typical player that Kyle Dubas goes out and drafts or acquires. Yeah, and I think it's funny, before the deadline, they were talking about adding a forward and how they need more depth. And then you, you move the, you finally, finally move that second line around and yeah. get another look. Let's talk about that and how how um, it's sort of reinvigor- reinvigorated both Tavares and Nylander. I think it's reinvigorated, reinvigorated Nylander more. Yeah, yeah. I... I I forgot how fast he is with the pucks when he wants to be. Mm-hmm. When he wants to be fast with the puck, he can he could blow by dudes yep. and look really quick and and get pucks to the net. It's I don't get, I don't get him. Like he's just Well, I think that's that is what drives man. people crazy about him is is, you know, he he is that type of player that does this. He's not a young man anymore either. Yeah. Like he's still a young guy, but he's not. He's been around for well, a long time. In, in the man. in NHL NHL world. He and, is, and it's amazing how he can look Mitch Marner like when he when he decides he's gonna be good Willie. Like yep. it's just it's unbelievable. And it's funny how ever since they switched those two around and the offense has been been coming, all of a sudden they have too many guys. Yep. All of a sudden they're switching their fourth line out every night. They're changing their third line. They're they're mixing up pairs. And because when everybody plays better, all of a sudden you just have depth. Yeah, it's funny. Weird. It's funny, like to look at like the team as a whole like that, and to and to think about that about like you know, as fans, we're always like, oh, they need a left winger, oh, they need a they need a, a left shot D, they need a another goalie, they yeah. need right, and like you're always like looking, what can we go out there and acquire? But in reality, it's like. No, you just need William Nylander to play better. Yeah, you just need yeah. your players to play. You need Justin Hall to play better. Yes. You need um, Jack Campbell to play better. Yeah. That's really what you need. 
I know, and it's amazing how the difference the difference in your team when Nylander and Tavares are scoring opposed to when they're useless. Oh, yeah. They're they're a completely they're one of the best teams in the NHL when everyone is playing to their capability or close to it. Yeah. It's crazy watching them. Like they could look like the the worst hockey team in the world. Or or like they could just be awful for a night. And then everybody starts kicking into a gear and and being dangerous and making good plays, and all of a sudden it's like Look, they're the fourth best team in the NHL. They're this, the top power play, top penalty kill. Like, man, it's it's amazing what role players stepping up can do to your hockey club and how how it looks optically to fans, media, everybody. Um, before we move on from this, I just want to touch on Giordano quickly because you just brought him up. And I agree with you. I think he has brought, you know, we... First and foremost, we made the case when they picked him up at the deadline that like, no, he's coming in to be like a top four D-man, which is great. But he also brings intangibles. and We're always looking to add more intangibles to that dressing room. Yes. So that's a factor. And if I'm if I'm Kyle Dubas, I'm already starting the conversation with him and being like, look, Mark, like, you know, our cap situation here, like you're from here. It seems to be working out really well in the room. We love your leadership and tangibles. How'd you like to sign here for like 1.8 million next year or yeah. something like that? And yeah. just stick around. And I don't think he's going to do the Spezza 700 grand thing. No. Nor should he because like he won the Norris Trophy a couple of years ago. But um, I do think... But, if- but I mean, I, but at the same time, you we're not going to sit here and kiss his ass. Here, here all. Here's what we've seen. We've seen that I that since he's come in, it's definitely made a difference. But you can definitely see a 38 year old out there. Yes, he got blown by the other night. Sometimes he looks a little slow, but just having an adult, another yes. adult yes. on this hockey team, yes, who has experience, who's been a top D man in the past, and to just completely make a guy like Timothy Lilligren on a third pair just look look at the difference in Lilligren yep. since he's been in here. Yep. It's like a completely different hockey player. It's- and so, hold on. So, are you saying that you're giving, uh, you're crediting Giordano as well for some of the pushback that you've seen? For sure. And I, and also, what I was saying was, I, I even though asking a guy to take seven hundred grand is like that's that's a tough call. I yeah. think Jason Spezza is a really special dude. He's made a ton of money in his career. He didn't really care at that point. But I don't think Giordano is worth any more next year than what the number you just said yeah. right there. Yeah. Like he's just, he looks like a 38 year old. 2 million tops. Yeah. Like yeah. he's just, yeah. if he wants any more than that, then that yeah, you got, you got to move on. Yeah. I, I still see a 38 out the, year old out there, but he, to me, he's made a difference since he's been in here. I see more pushback. I see better plays out of their own end. I see another guy on your penalty kill, a guy on your second power play. He's, he's definitely helped and he's been, he's been pretty useful so far. Austin Matthews, 50 goals, 51 goals now. Yeah. Um, I mean, I don't, if you were to go back and play like a highlight reel of this episode, I think, I mean, of this podcast, excuse me. Um, I think we've said all there is to say about what Austin Matthews means to the Toronto Maple Leafs. Um, and yeah, I just I I've, I have it on my notes that we're going to talk about him scoring fifty. But it's like, what do you say? Like no. this is this guy's the greatest. He will go down as the greatest Toronto Maple Leaf of all time, in my oh, opinion. If, if he's if not he, already, if he stays, 
I, you know what? I, Fried, uh, Friedman said in his 32 uh, thoughts the other day that he thinks Matthews will resign as long as he likes the direction the franchise is heading. Well, you you do whatever you have to do to make him like the direction you're heading. Yeah, but that but that's such an interesting comment to me because like that means like does he believe in Kyle Dubas? Like does Austin Matthews in his camp look at Kyle Dubas and go, "This is the guy. This is the guy that's going to lead us to get me." where I want to go, which is to a Stanley Cup championship. Is this this is the GM that's going to do it? Because Kyle we don't know this. This is simply me speculating over stuff that I've observed. But Kyle repeatedly goes to bat for these guys. Yeah. And the dude has like put his career on the he's put his career in the hands of this young Maple Leaf core plus Jack Campbell. I don't see these guys showing him like you never really hear any of them being like oh we love Kyle like uh, like Kyle's great like you never you never hear that but I think it's kind of I think it's kind of bullshit on Kyle's end too because it's like these yeah they may not like the direction but who who's not showing up in the playoffs the past three years yes like who who's been asleep in the playoffs yeah you not me you yeah like I've been counting on you to get me over the hump so my job is safe I and I went out last year and got Nick Foligno even though that didn't work out but I'm that move and then Giordano this year is sending you guys a message like, here's some reinforcements come yeah. playoff time. I mean, the only thing they really could do is like, they got to go find a goalie, a long-term goaltender. I don't know if Jack Campbell's the answer. But other than that, it's like, unless you move off a big contract, it's going to be relatively the same core going forward. Like mm. These guys still have a lot of term on their contract. So, I mean, if he's cool with playing with the same dudes he's been playing with for the past five years, then I guess well, he'll resign. You're not going to find a, a better wingman in the oh, league right now than Mitch Martin. No. I think he's the best player in the NHL right now. Yeah, it's, there is certainly a case to be made for that. Like, what other, like, I I actually do think that he's the most dangerous hockey player in the NHL right interesting. now. Interesting. This is why I always, like, kind of loosely prepare for this podcast, because I like when, like, I don't like being too scripted, and I like when the conversation takes us places. So, I wanted to talk about Matthew scoring 50. We moved over to Marner. We always talk about Austin Matthews' greatest Maple Leaf ever. Where's Mitch Marner and all that? I think he has the ability to go down as one of the best ever. I think this year's playoff series, first-round series, is going to go a long way in that because I try to not lose sight of the fact that our most viewed piece of content we've ever put out on YouTube is the night after they lost game seven last year. And I'm screaming about how I can't stand Mitch Marner and we need to trade him. I look like a complete idiot right now for that take. I don't want to be like, I don't want to be one of these like media radio guys just because the guy's going good. You're going to start saying silly things, but I, I, to me, I see a different Mitch Marner altogether, mm. like just way more aggressive 30 goals yeah. like we're telling him to shoot the puck the guy can't stop scoring yep he's scoring more he's he's four checking better he's an absolute force on the penalty kill he makes every single player around him better and he's always done that his whole career but i think this year he's took it to another level in terms of everything about his game is just way better right everything i don't think there's one thing he's not gotten better at even in the slightest but i think he's more physical i think he four checks harder i think he's he shoots the puck more like he's just He's a force right now. He's ridiculous. He 
I mean, you got to go prove like he doesn't prove it in the playoffs. Well, we're, we're back to where we were last season. But you but. know, you know, I'm going to come back to my famous line that you love so much. You're not going to get that time and space to create in no. the postseason. So you got to find a way. That's all well and good when you go out there against the the shitty Philadelphia Flyers and you can put together the nicest give and goal, give and goal, give and go goal. <laughs> Give and go goal. It was like me trying to say 38-year-old earlier. I was <laughs> Give and goal. Give yeah. and goal. Yeah, it was a hard time pushing that out. Really nice goal with Matthews last night. A little pretty passing play, but it's like that. You're Good luck trying to do that against Victor Hedman. Like it's, so not saying they can't, just saying that's where you go to the next level is figuring out ways to win in the postseason and yeah. elevate your game in the postseason and make things happen when it's a harder environment and you don't have the space to move around that like period end of discussion i really like i really hope that growth has taken place like they're they're in tough like they're in tough it's gonna be very hard to win just because they're playing another really good team but man those guys gotta show something yep like even if they go out and have a series of their life and lose at least they can be like well i did everything i could it's well, just like don't leave anything on the table also, individually, like those guys for their careers and reputations. You can't leave anything on the line. Like no. Um, speaking of uh, tough matchups, back to back this week: Tampa, then Florida. That's food. Two nights, two straight nights. Those are two easy games. So, well, well yeah, you're right. Because then, because the, then they got to play the Sabers, and I'm more worried about the Sabers and the Habs. Yeah. Well, because typically they play. The Leafs love to play down to their competition. Oh. If there's one thing we've seen all year, it's when they're playing a crappy team, they're like, meh. Look, 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 they beat Carolina. They beat Boston. They beat Florida. Who else they beat? They beat someone else, too. They beat Winnipeg. They're yeah. a pretty good team. Like, they've beaten some good hockey teams. Then they go to Montreal, and they suck. Like, we'll yeah. see what they do against Tampa. They Tampa's a tough... Last time they played Tampa, they lost. How would but... you deploy your goaltending? You start with Campbell in Tampa and then Shalgren in Florida? That's yeah. what I would do. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, you're going to lose one of those games, I feel like. Yeah. Like, it's just that's just what's going to happen. Hopefully, you don't get embarrassed and it's not an embarrassing loss. But getting four points out of that two games can be very tough. Three would be great. But, I mean, if they go, if they get two points out of that back-to-back, I'm, I'm cool with that. Yeah. I'm cool with that. As long as Campbell looks good and they don't just totally fold up like a cheap suit. I, I'm cool with getting two points out of this back-to-back. Yeah, me too. I thought, um, quick, before we get out of here, just quickly on Jack Campbell, I thought he looked okay um, against Philly. I, he's he's going to needs to come back in and get back in the groove. Um, it's just, with that dude, it's all upstairs, man. It's all upstairs. Well, like What I saw against Philly, I saw Austin Matthews leave two assignments wide open in front yeah. of the net. That's what I saw. I just don't want to see the guy coming in kind of on a two on one and he take and he doesn't pass and he shoots on Campbell. And he was just getting when he was bad, he was getting beat mm-hmm. on just like simple shots, yes. simple breaks. I just need to see him make those saves. Like deflections are gonna happen. When guys miss assignments, it's hard to make the ridiculous save every time. Just like I want to see him not get beat so clean when a guy has a clean shot on him. That's when that's when at his worst he was looked awful in those situations. Do not give up the back breaking goal. Yeah. You play yep. for one of the most high octane offensive teams in the league. They can score, they can get it back. But yeah. they can if you're giving up the backbreaker. If if they're down two one 
If you're down 2-1, you need to make the save to keep it 2-1, not let it get to 3-1. Because once it gets to 3-1, that's that's the back-breaking goal, and then you're two behind the eight yeah. ball. So it's just, that's that's it. If I'm him, that's what I'm solely focused on. You don't need to be perfect every night. You don't need to be Vesna Trophy caliber. We don't need shutouts. We don't, no, no. Don't give up the back-breaking goal, period. End of discussion. Couldn't have said it better myself. All right. Well, I think uh, I think that's going to do it for us this week, buddy. Nice little short get in, get out this week. We're just well. You know what I'm doing right for the rest of the season. Just well, that's what I'm saying. Right? Counting down those days. I'm com- counting them down. I I was looking. We have about we probably have about three more episodes after this one until the playoffs start. And it's like I was thinking about that, and I'm like, what are we? Gonna, <laughs> yeah, what are we going <laughs> to talk about? What are we going to talk about? Like it's just like we're just going to sit and go. Well, two more weeks till the first you know game. Well, this team, one more week. This team provides you with content. Yes, it's true. No matter what happens, good or bad. It's true. It's you true. can always count on the old Maple Leafs to give you some content. Absolutely. Thanks, everybody, for checking us out. If you like what you see, hit that like and subscribe button below. Spread the word. Tell your friends. We really appreciate it. As always, if you're listening to the audio portion, leave a five-star review. Hit that follow button up top. Every little bit helps. Thanks, guys. We'll see you next week. The Podcast Super Friends is a monthly meeting of five podcast producers. Hi, I'm Catherine O'Brien from Branch Out Programs in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. I'm John Gay from Jagged Detroit Podcasts. I'm Matt Kundle from the Sound Off Podcast Network. I'm David Yes from Pod 617, the Boston Podcast Network. And I'm Johnny Peterson from Straight Up Podcasts. Together, they form the Podcast Super Friends, an alliance of podcast masterminds sharing best practices, insights, and discussions to help make you a better podcaster. Follow or subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or at soundoff.network. Do, did, will, the Story of People podcast is now available on the Cryer Media Network. The first five episodes are here and feature some incredible guests that fit into one or all three of those categories. Ready? Tara Sloan from the San Jose Sharks, Undercurrent Podcast at NBC Sports. Marianne Iveson from Iveson Voice and the Let's Take This Outside podcast to talk about the world of outdoors as well as voiceover land. Ariana Hunsicker, future Canadian Paralympic swimmer, already winning tons of awards for this country. Scott McGregor from the Hot Wallet podcast to dumb down the world of crypto, Bitcoin, and NFTs so you don't have to. And Jackie Holawati from Climate Pledge Arena in Seattle, Washington, the first net zero carbon certified arena on the planet. Wherever you get your pods, wherever you watch your pods, and on the Crier Media Network.